Good morning. I'll be away at a conference this week on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, So because of that, we will not be having our Wednesday afternoon service this week, but we will resume it next week. Our first reading for this, the fifth Sunday of Easter, is from the sixth and seventh chapters of Acts. Now in these days when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Prochorus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. Then some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, and of the Cyrenians and of the Alexandrians and of those from Cilicia and Asia, rose up and disputed with Stephen. And Stephen said, Brothers and fathers, hear me, you stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in hearts and ears. You always resist the Holy Spirit, as your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did not your fathers persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whom you have now betrayed and murdered. You who received the law as delivered by angels and did not keep it. Now when they heard these things, they were enraged and they ground their teeth at him. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened. And the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. This is the word of the Lord. Our epistle reading is from the second chapter of 1 Peter. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk 
that by it you may grow up to salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word, as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 14th chapter. Jesus said, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show us the father? Do you not believe that I am in the father and the father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak of my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. This is the Gospel of the Lord. On Maundy Thursday, Jesus was in the upper room with his disciples. After Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper and handed out his body and blood, He said something very interesting. He said this, 
My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me. But where I am going, you cannot come. Well, this didn't make much sense to Peter. So he asked, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I am going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. And Peter said, Lord, why can't I follow you now? And Jesus said, my father's house has many rooms. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Now, did you catch that last part? Jesus will come back and take us so that we can all be where he is. That is an enormous promise Jesus made. That promise should change all of our lives, shouldn't it? We know Jesus will come back. In the Apostles' Creed, we confess that one day Jesus will come to judge the living and the dead. I know we confess that. But I have to wonder how much we allow that to shape our life right now. In the Nicene Creed, we confess that Jesus will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. We confess there is a kingdom coming where Jesus will take us to be with him, and that kingdom will never end. We confess that every Sunday. But I have to wonder how much that is on our minds on a daily basis. I wonder how much that really shapes our everyday lives as Christians. I think we can forget sometimes that Jesus is coming again. Or maybe it's wrong to say we actually forget Jesus is coming back. But I do have to wonder... How much is Jesus' second coming actually shaping our lives right now? Think about that. Jesus said he will come back. Jesus said he will come back and take us to be where he is. That's a promise. And that is a wonderful promise. Have you allowed that promise to influence your life? Have you changed the priorities in your life because of that promise? Or does your life look like everyone else's in this world? For all of you who are students in school, Jesus said he would come back and take you to be with him. So because Jesus made that promise to you, Has that shaped who you are friends with in your school? Jesus has promised to return and take you to be with him. Has that changed how you live your life? 
Jesus said he would come back and take you to be with him. Being faithful to Christ should take on a greater importance for us when we think about that promise. Or for you adults, Jesus said he is coming back and will take you to be with him. That is a promise, a wonderful promise. Have you allowed that promise to change your life? Has that promise become the driving force that shapes what you do and think on a daily basis? Or have you kept that promise at arm's length? You know, say it in the creed on Sunday, but don't let it affect you too much on Monday. Christ's promise to take you with him could change how you spend your time. Christ's promise to come and take you to be with him could change how you treat family or strangers in this life. Christ's promise to come and take you to be with him could change what you love in this short life. Maybe it should change how you spend your remaining years in this world because Jesus is coming back. And he is going to take you to be with him forever. When the 11 disciples heard that Jesus was leaving, they were sad. So he promised he would come back. When Peter was upset he couldn't follow Jesus right now, Jesus promised he would come back. And not just come back. Jesus would come back and take Peter to be with him. He would come back and take James and John to be with him. For Mary Magdalene, who tried to cling to his feet on Easter morning and didn't want to lose Jesus ever again, he would come back for her. Jesus would come back for the martyr, Stephen, whom we read today became the very first Christian martyr. He would come back for the Apostle Paul who was beheaded by the Romans. Jesus would come back and take all of them to be with him where he is. Jesus will come back and take all of you to be with him. That's what Jesus said. I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be Where I am. This may seem like a silly question to ask, but I have to ask it. Do you want that? And I truly do mean that when I ask you. Do you want Jesus to come back? And do you want Jesus to take you to be with him? This world is going to end one day. Our lives are going to end one day. But Jesus' promise to come and take you to be with him is just the beginning of a brand new life. We're just getting a glimpse of right now. I've been a pastor now for almost 25 years. And thinking back over the years, I can 
picture the faces of those I've cared for as a pastor, whether they were in Kansas or New York, or when I was a chaplain in the army or a pastor in the international community. I think of all those people I've cared for here at Zion these past six years now. I can remember the faces of those who were dying. I see the faces of those who were hurting by what this sinful world does to all of us. And for every single one of them, Jesus was always there, always saying the same thing, always reassuring each and every one of them the same promise time and time again. I will come back and take you to be with me. That you also may be where I am. And Jesus also makes this promise to you. Jesus reminds everyone who is hurting in this life that one day he will not just come back. One day he will come back and take you to be with him. That is a promise Jesus has made to you. When we die in this world, if we have a tombstone placed over our graves, we have important dates etched into that stone. But do you know what's interesting about tombstones? To a degree, every single tombstone in this world is wrong. Every tombstone is wrong because it's missing something on it. Most tombstones have a person's birth date on it. But there's another date that's missing. Most tombstones have a person's date of death on it. But still, there's a date that's missing. There should be another date on every tombstone in the world. And especially on the tombstone of Christians. And for us, that is the date Jesus will return. And take us to be with him. That date, whenever it is, when Jesus will come to take us to be with him, is far greater than the day we were born or the day we died. We don't know when that date will come. But we know it will. We don't fully know what that day will look like. But we know what Jesus will do for us on that day. I will come back and take you to be with me. That you also may be where I am. Jesus is alive. And Jesus has made this promise to you. And the living Jesus will keep this promise to you. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. And now may the peace of our God, which surpasses our understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.